Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's week 49 of the golfing calendar, and what a week. In fact, we've barely got time for the opener with what's going on in golf at the moment. So cancel your calls, make sure your phone's charged, because this is going to be a monster episode. Before we do, though, big thanks to our mates at Ping. They'll help you play your best. You can get a Ping club fitting from your local golf shop or professional. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. They're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brizzy, Perth, and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Fired up and ready to put a ruler across the world of golf, the hosts of the number one Australian golf podcast. Here's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. So, not much happened this week. Um, this might only last about five or six minutes, I reckon, this week, Nick. <laughs> nice to see you. And you. Um, hang on. We know we've got some big stuff to get to. So, live in Ram and roll back. We'll get to it, folks. Yes. But I have a new entry into my top five most amazing things I've ever seen in golf. And that is four Australians finishing in four of the top five spots or the only five spots for the Champions Tour. It's the toughest by a mile, not by a little bit. It's mm. the toughest tour school of them all. Only five spots available. And we've got four Aussies in it. I know. It's it's a miracle, Nick. It was. And did you see Michael Wright, Wright's oh. shot at the end? You think that wasn't a miracle? So he, he was going. He was in the top five comfortably, and and he looks like he sprayed one into the rubbish. Yep. Chipped out, didn't get it onto the fairway. Got it on the sandy stuff, whatever that is, the, and, the, and, the and, desert. And you explain how scary that sort of a shot oh. would be after you've just hit a bad drive. Mm. Well, I, I was thinking, how many did he make it in by? I think he got in by... Two shots in the end. Yes. Maybe three, given he birdied the final hole. So if he makes double bogey, he may slip out. That's right. So he's got to put it on the green and two putt, but you've flared one, you've pitched it, <laughs> haven't found the fairway, and you've got this, he had some sort of a wedge. It wasn't a full wedge, yeah. but he's got water left. The nerves are obviously jangling because this is your whole year you're basically playing for. And you may never get back to this position ever again yeah. in your whole life. And he freaking holds it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And his caddy's going off too. He's going, and rightly so. I mean, it's, you could see that, that there was a video afterwards where I think they'd finished, the group had finished, or he was to the side waiting for his uh, playing partners to putt out. And he's on his, he's not on his knees, but he's squatting down. He's got his hands in his head, his head in his hands. Yeah. And you could just see the absolute relief. Oh. On his face was astronomical, and and, and I'm, I'm sure he was crying and all that, and all the guys, the four of them to get in. I mean, how good! I mean, Cameron Percy, he, and we'll talk about this maybe a bit later in the results. But Cameron Percy played a beautiful uh, cue score. I mean, he was yep. leading from the front and finished it off nicely. Steve Allen got a little bit wobbly at the end. He actually double bogey the last I saw, but he still got I think third card. He was running second yep. at that point, and uh, you had Michael Wright, and then all of a sudden. 
David Branston. Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> in the playoff. I know. So I've got the results here. So we're okay, trying, right, please. So Cameron Percy finished 20 on the par. And we almost had five, by the way. That's right. That's that's right. Yes. Because um, uh, Greg Chalmers, Chalmers, Snake, Snake Chalmers almost got in. Michael Wright finished second in the end. He birdied the last, remember? Yes. But he was tied at 14. Okay. So 13 was in the playoff. Oh, my gosh. So, right? So if he, even if he just chips to the sand, hits his wedge out, there it is there, hits his wedge out, and then two putts, he's in a playoff. Well, he, no, actually, he, he finished 15. So he's right? bir- with a birdie on the last. So he was with coming a, down the last. So he was 14, yeah, and 13 got in. 13, 13's in a playoff. But there is no playoff. I Not, thought I thought Dave Branston got in on a playoff. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm sure he did. Oh. I've, I've seen I've seen it. I've seen it, Nick. Really? Yep. Yeah, I didn't in. think there was a playoff. He got in on a playoff. Yes, I've seen I've seen the footage. Okay. I'd be staggered if I'm wrong. Okay. I'll put it I'll put it to you that I, way. I would have thought it was five plus ties, but I could be wrong. I think there there was a playoff. There's only five spots. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll sort it out. We'll sort yeah. it out during the break. We will. During through, the, through the heart. Yeah, we'll do that later. But anyway. Four of the five. Let's just go with that. Four of the five spots. And great to see the baby-faced assassin. <laughs> cousin Al. Cousin, cousin Al. Cousin Stevie. <laughs> cousin Steve. <laughs> Get through because you talk about a grinder. This guy, oh, Steve, yeah. I mean, he's been everywhere playing mini tours, Corn Ferry Tour. Mm. He was down here in Australia yep. playing some Legends Tour events yep. here, which was great to see him. And for him to go back and do it. Fortunately, it was on his back doorstep because it was in uh, right. Scottsdale, Arizona. That's right. That's right. So it was beautiful. So we're talking about Richard Green at the start of this year and that you know his his journey. He ended up making one point two million US dollars. So Australian pesos, that's one point eight million. So basically, you know, maybe throwing a few bonuses here and there, he's made two million Oof. Aussie dollars last season. What do you reckon? About five hundred thousand dollars worth of expenses. Yeah. Yep. So he's made one point five clear, a little bit of tax. He's made a million bucks clear over there. A mighty effort. Mm. Um, you got Steve Elker. I had a look at what he did. He came second on their money list or their points list. $2.4 million. That's just from, you know, Monday to Friday, plus all the bonuses, plus everything else. You know, it's it's very good cash. It is. So these four guys, you might be wondering what we're talking about, but there are no cuts no. except for the majors. So it's, it is a superannuation fund like no other, if you're a golfer. Mm. You, you do have to play very well on that tour, though. Yeah. I mean, top 50, I think, keep your card for the following year. And I saw Stuart Appleby, he might have just finished outside that. So whether he's still got status, I'm not sure. But, I mean, Robert Allenby played on it for a couple of years, and we don't hear of him much anymore because he lost his uh, status over there. John Sendon's back here down here in Australia now. Um, you know, he's been playing a bit down here. There's various guys that are incredible golfers, and you think, they're just going to kill it over there, but it's still a really tough tour to play on. But to get on it, that's actually the hardest part. And the way Steve Orker did it, you know, we've documented this before about how he Monday qualified, ended up top tening six weeks in a row, gets his card that way rather than having to go to Q School. Hmm. Uh, Greeny last year went to Q School and won it. And this year, I mean, those four guys, they're in for a fun ride. There it is. David Branston secures the fifth spot in a playoff. You're kidding me. There you go. I thought we were going to do this in the break. No, okay. I found it quickly. Uh, so have a look at that. You see, uh, you actually see him play. Um, I, and I couldn't then see it. He, he's almost hold it and then uh, 
Hawks. Right at the very end. There he is. He's the medalist, Cameron Percy. Okay. But he made it in a playoff. I'm going to double check that during the break. There anyway. is footage right there, Nick. What are you talking about? Okay. It's done. It is That's done. It's all good. It is tell, done. tell me about the emotional. Like, you guys have been there, right? You've been in these scenarios. The emotions must be just overwhelming for these boys. Yeah. Q school's yeah. hell. I mean, Q school, they call it hell week, basically, because you're playing for your whole year in one week. And if you don't play well, well, guess what? Um, you're looking for a, a, a different job ne- next year. I mean, yes, you'll get some starts, but nothing like nothing like this. What getting through, especially on the Champions Tour. I mean, I think Greg Chalmers missed out by one. That gives him access to then go and try and Monday qualify into tournaments. Doesn't give him any starts, so that's really hard to do at the same time as well. So, so now just just quiet now. Are we going to really? Like, I like being right. Every okay. once every once in a while, oh, I'm right. Don't touch anything, Nick, because okay. you'll stuff it up. Don't touch it, all right? Now, watch what it says on the bottom. So that guy, he, he missed that part. looks part. like Harrison Fraser. Dave and Branson goes through. and Read what it says. Yes, you are correct. Oh. Secured number five spot in playoff. Oh, I didn't realize there was a playoff. Finally, I've got oh, one. Oh, my goodness. Finally, I've got one. Wow. There was another big playoff, which we'll do in the results as well for the uh, for the live promotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and really quickly, too, Jason Day and Lydia Ko had a win also. How good. Yeah, Australia, really, really good. Australia and New Zealand usually don't combine very well, but uh, we're in the this team case. from down under. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, look, look how smug he looks right now. By yeah, because I'm yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't. it doesn't happen often when I'm going off my memory. Uh, so most of, well, to be fair, most other Q schools like DP World Tour, PGA Tour, things like that. Back in the day, I mean, PGA Tour has changed. Right. I think used to be top whatever plus two, plus ties, two tie all tie. Yeah, yeah. Everyone everyone gets in. Mm. Uh, anyway. It's changed. Well done, Mark. Yes, thank Bravo. you. Yeah, oh, no, I'm really happy. I'll give you I've that. Got one. A big smile. Now you mentioned uh, you mentioned some of the money these guys made the other day, uh, yeah. made in the last year or so. Yeah. Pales, pales into insignificance with what's happened recently. <laughs> oh. mm. Well, let's talk about John Rahm and Live because it is enormous. It's one giant shot across the bow of the PGA Tour. I mentioned about three weeks ago that talks had broken down, and I heard that. I was in a room where I probably shouldn't have heard that, but I did hear it. Right. And and this is just a demonstration that that is absolutely 100% right, because if talks had not broken down, there is no need to pay anybody. Not not a, not a cent. There's no need for this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but one article I read, and it was a Sports Illustrated article, and they had been speaking to John Rahm's management, the terms of the agreement were one hundred million pounds a year times three, so three years. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, he also gets some ownership uh, of uh, one of the teams. Uh, plus, it looks like Callaway might well be getting involved one way or another. Mm. So, um, enormous amounts of money. Yeah, you add that all up and what is reported is 600 million US. Basically, basically. 600 million. 600 million. Yeah, Um, yeah, well, I've seen those reports too Mm. over four years, but it was interesting. This one was just over three. And like I said, they'd been speaking to uh, the management of John Rahm. And it just tells me that (laughs) it's not a fair fight. You know, when the PIF have got, what is it, 800 billion US dollars in a fund to play with, Mm. the PGA Tour just can't compete with that nick so what what's their next what what will they do next oh they were never going to compete were they and no. and the weird thing was in you in the u.s there was a guy called shohei otani yep. a baseballer just signed a deal for 700 million dollars with the la dodgers for 10 years and he was the highest paid professional athlete of mm. all time yeah i think that lasted a day or two yeah, <laughs> because well. then the because then the ram announcement came out and all of a sudden 
Ram basically is. So it just goes to show, number one, the money in sports is, is a yep. joke. It's yep. ridiculous. Particularly when the Saudis are involved. Well, yes. When the Saudis so are we're involved, it's yep. now a joke. Yep. yep. And, you know, when, the in, when everyone was talking about this, I thought, oh, I'd be hard-pressed to see him go, given what he had said. Yes. I mean, he had said things like, would my lifestyle change with no. 400 million US dollars? No. No. Yep. I guess it would with 600 million. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure. He, he didn't like now, three rounds. He, did, he didn't like no cuts. He didn't like no cut three rounds. That's not a golf tournament. All that sort of a thing. So the thing where it's all turned, and as we know, is June 6th. Yep. It's when the PGA Tour legitimized what the Saudis are doing yep. by going to bed, so going with them and saying, yep, let's work out a framework agreement to move this thing going forward. So they've basically legitimizing sports washing. We know what it's all about, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about that. They can't get obviously. away from it. Yeah. They, they, they cannot get away no, from no. it. But the th- it's working because no one's talking yeah, about it anymore. A- absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, I was watching um, the, the Australian Open a couple of weeks ago. I was watching Steph Kiriakou and mm-hmm. you, know, you always have a look what they're wearing. She had a bigger Remico yeah. visor on. Yep. So no one's going crooked, Steph. No. Not, no. not one person in the whole world, but that's basically coming straight out of that PIF fund. Yeah, they've been they've been sponsoring the Ladies European Tour for quite a while now, that's the right. Aramco series and Absolutely. all that. Absolutely. So, so we know it's already out there. Have a look on the boards of yeah. every single test uh, we play against England. <laughs> There's Aramco absolutely everywhere and no one bats an eyelid. Yeah, but it was, it was very surprising. We know he's going for the money. That's obviously number one, correct? That's right. So all the other stuff Even that he's saying is garbage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean... Of course, yeah, I want to grow the game in Spain, which he does, obviously, yeah. for sure, yeah, and and everything else, you know, I'd love to lead my teammates and things like that, and, and now I won't get the bad side of the draw because we all yeah. get off at the same time. Oh, my God. I mean, John, just say it's the money, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's laughable. Yeah. That, that stuff's laughable. It, it is, and we know it is. Um, but it, it's no surprise now when you look at it because the PGA Tour has given these guys free reign to say, why, why should we stay loyal to the PGA Tour? Now... In the original agreement, I heard there was to be no poaching of players. Correct. So I don't know what's happened there. I guess well, the agreement well. to agree is off the table at the moment, and and uh, this is maybe. just this is just a flex. So I this read, is all this is from the PIF. Yeah, yeah. it is a flex. It's just to let them know that hey, you don't want to play ball. <laughs> okay. Watch this, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what's yeah. happened. I, 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 and they're creating a thirteenth team, which means yep. there's going to be three more players. Yeah, and I'm right. hearing rumours of who is it. Sander. Well, I, that's who I thought, but I haven't heard about them yet. I've heard of Finau and Hatton. Yeah. Maybe even maybe even Adam. I don't, I don't know. So. Well, I saw Finau being interviewed uh, this week because mm-hmm. you know, he was playing at the tournament where Jason and Lydia uh, had a win, and they asked him a couple of times about it, and he wouldn't answer. And it was oh. yeah, it's exactly the same, same deal. as we've seen from when all not the other players who have gone. Yeah, when they're not answering, you kind of know that they're, uh, they're halfway there, basically. But, okay, Nick, I'm going to ask you this, but I'm going to give you my opinion first. So I want, I want to give you the same thing. If, if you're one of those elite players where you may, you move the needle in golf. And it's one of the players that you can't afford to lose if you're the PGA Tour. So Finau, uh, Hatton for Europe, uh, Rory McIlroy, who apparently was offered an eye-watering amount of money and did not go. Um, if, if I'm those players now, and I know that the PGA is in a position now where they are, they've painted themselves into a corner and they have to dance They've got to dance with the Saudis now, otherwise one player after another is mm. going to go because of that $800 billion fund. If you don't take the money now, that's never going to be there ever again. Yep. Ever again. So if 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 your money focused, and if that's something that's 
at the top of your list, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of players go. And again, it's, it's, it's just going to be another flex. It's a no-brainer. We're going to take Hatton. We're going to take Fee now. Yep. We're going to take uh, Ram. Um, we've offered to Rory. He's too good for us. We've offered Tiger. Yep. He's too good for us. There are certain players we know won't go, and that's yep. Rory, Spieth, Thomas, Tiger. Uh, Tiger. Yep. They're, they're kind of the four that you know. Uh, Victor, I'm not so sure about. Yep. That'd be an interesting one. Maybe okay. that could be next cab off the rank. If Who'd... one of those names was O'Hearn. <laughs> If one of those names was O'Hearn, yeah. So this isn't this isn't the original because okay. I think O'Hearn of the original. We've spoken about this before. You may not have gone o- originally. Originally, it depends on prime. what stage of my career right. I was in. If yeah, you were in your prime, sure. if yeah. you if you were in your prime and you just had some good yeah. finishes in majors and and that sort of stuff, and I that, don't think that Nick would have gone. And that's what surprised me about Cam when he went. Yeah, that kind of surprised me a little because it was very much still up in the air. Could you play the majors? Could you do whatever? Mm. So. But now, with all what the PGA Tour did, I can see no reason why players don't do it just to cash yeah. in. Yeah. But And that's the sickening thing at the yeah. same time. It's just all about the money at the moment. And I've, I've almost lost a bit of, not, well, I'll never lose, lose my love for the game of golf, but I've lost my love for the professional game of golf at the moment with some of the, some yeah. of the elite players. And, and it's not their fault, by the way. No. It's not their fault. It's, it's the body's running it. And the PGA Tour... Where's Jay Monahan been recently? Well, what, why hasn't he been stepping up and you know making press conferences and announcements and things like this? And I just actually read this morning that there was some sort of a release from the PGA Tour, and they've said we are in uh, negotiations at the moment with the company called Strategic Sports Group. Have yeah. you heard of them? Yes. So it's a consortium of US-based sports team investors that includes like the Red Sox, the Liverpool. Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. uh, Chicago Cubs, yep. um, Atlanta Falcons, all these owners are part of this consortium and they're looking at partnering or coming in as a private equity investor into the PGA Tour and then also talk with the PIF at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, whether they go on their own route with them or whether they include the PIF and they just yep. bring it all together. Uh, if they don't bring it all together... It's uh, unfortunately it's going to be divided forever. This time last year, Jay Monahan was telling all the PGA Tour players not to deal with them mm-hmm. and to stay true to and don't do the wrong thing and let's stay strong. Uh, he went behind every player's back and started negotiating negotiating with um, the Saudis. And now we're at a situation where he can't win. Mm. He, he can't win this fight. They're too strong. They're too powerful. They've got too much money. Can you see a world where Jay Monaghan... How is he still commissioner at the moment? That's what I want to know. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, he, he, I, I don't know how... The thing is with the commissioner, I actually don't know how they vote him out or, or or bring someone in. I'm actually not up to speed on those sorts of uh, bylaws. You pay him out. That, that's the only thing. Yeah. You know what I would do? If, if I'm the PGA Tour, I put in a temporary boss. Mm. That temporary boss is Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods... Goes mano o mano with the big boys, and they get a deal done. Because I, I I do think Tiger has golf in his heart, and he wants to see it go very well. But I also think he'd be very good in that room. That's my view, anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I agree in that in in that sense. Just temporary, just a temporary yeah. boss. The only issue I'm a bit I know he's you know 
arguably the greatest golfer of all time, depending on who you talk to. You want the greatest businessman and uh, negotiator of all time in there. And now, is that Tiger? I don't know. No, but uh, you'd have those closely <laughs> falling yeah. in behind Tiger. Yeah, Tiger sure. wouldn't go in there just with one. Yeah. He's not going in there by himself. No. He's taking in a team, but he's in that room. And, and he's, you know, he's first point of contact for everybody in that room. Yeah. And I think the deal gets done. Well, that's where I thought, you know, you had Monaghan, what was his name, Jimmy Dunn, Ed Hurley, those guys. I thought that's what they were there for, but apparently not. No. They, that this was to get the framework and the agreement over the line. The Saudis couldn't care less about those guys. No, I know. They, they, they couldn't. They would, they, they're going to they're gonna chew up Jay Monaghan and spit him out, let alone the rest of them. But I don't think the Saudis would dare try and chew mm. up and spit out Tiger Woods. The one thing that is for certain after all of this and when the water's clear and, and we get to next year, the four majors are going to be the, oh. the be-all and end-all, yeah. as, as they rightly should be. Yeah. But it's basically turned into tennis now, yeah. right now. And no one really worries about all the other events. We I used to care about the Memorial, Hilton Head, mm. Colonial, Bay Hill, all those tournaments that have you know a lot of years of prestige. But if we go down the path we're going... I'm not sure they're going to carry much meaning to the players much anymore, and it's going to be about all the four majors. Now, Ram going to live, will that make me want to watch it? Not particularly. No, no. I've, I've never really watched it. No, um, no. I followed it because I, I you know, enjoy yeah. following golf, but I, I've never watched it. And, and I, I know, Adelaide. I, Adelaide will be big. I was on site in Adelaide, and I thought that was a wonderful event. Huge. But as far as tradition, you know, when you say golf tournaments go, is it my cup of tea? No, I've no, said that not, all along. But, but I love the way it's gotten, you know, the people um, excited about golf here in Australia and they were able to see players they'd never seen before. All right. So that's where we're at at the moment. It's sad in a way. It's, it is sad. <laughs> it is, it, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It is very, very sad. But let's try and get this tangled mess untangled. Mm. How do we fix it? Because I, I think there's only one way, and, and, and that is uh, an Aramico Grand Prix series. When we spoke about this Last week, when Rory jumped off the board, um, what board was he on again? He was on the advisory board on the player, the player's advisory board. Yeah. When, when he jumped off that board, he came out and said he thinks there should be a Grand Prix style circuit, which is the four majors, the players' championship, the Australian, the Australian Grand Prix, the Japanese Grand Prix, and bring, the Saudi bring Arabia on the National Grand Prix. Opens. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, all the National Opens, the Irish Open, uh, the British Scottish, Open's obviously yep. in there already, the Scottish Open. And let's get 15, 14 or 15 really biggies, mm-hmm. and that can be the Aramico Grand Prix circuit, for lack of a better term. Yep. I'm, just, I'm just trying to make spell it out a little easier. Live goes. I don't, I, or at least gets smaller. And, and they still do that sort of stuff, but then we have the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, but we have that Aramico Grand Prix mm-hmm. that rises above, and we at least get to see the best players in the world – 15 times playing for tournaments that mean something. Mm. Now, that that would be – that's my perfect world. Yeah. That, 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 that's where I think golf sits at the moment. And if there's any light in the tunnel, that's it. That circuit. And then the PGA Tour stays, the DP World Tour stays, and let's say live, they have eight events. Right. That would that would be. Can, can you see a way out? Because I mean, you've been in there. You understand it better than me. Yeah. What do you what, what do you think is the light at the end of the tunnel? I, I, I like that that scenario that you're talking of. Um, it's going to be extremely difficult. Yep. 
because you've you've got how many players are you looking at for those fifteen events? Number one, yeah. I mean, are they going to be fifty? Is it going to be a hundred? How's you know how's all that going to how's work? How's it going to work? Yep. There's that side of things, and then you've got so many other players behind them, whether on the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour, and the sponsors are going, well, hang on, why do we want to put all this money into That's events right. that don't have the best players in the world? That's so it. then, hello, Wells Fargo, they've already <laughs> get, they're going to put on their tournament this year, and then they're dancing off. They're mm. off in the sunset. The Wells yep. Fargo Group, they don't want to be part of it anymore. Yeah, and I mean, it's fascinating to me because when you look at Golf, in terms of a world sport, it's actually not that big a sport. No. When you think about It's a small, soccer. big sport. Yeah. yeah. It's a small, big sport. Mm. It's not a big, big sport. It's a small, yeah. big sport. Like tennis. Yeah. No, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, going forward, how does it all come together? That's anyone's best guess. And you just hope you've got the right people in the room at the right time making those decisions. That's why I think we've got to have Tiger running the show. Okay. You mentioned before about the private equity group. Strategic sports group. So yeah. how, how would, I don't understand how that would work because it, they can't compete, I don't think, with the money that no, they have. I agree. And if it becomes a battle of who's got the biggest wallets, A, the PGA is going to lose. Yes. And B, it's just going to have an inflationary effect on everything. It's going to destroy the game. Well, if, if it gets tangled up then, they will just keep pinching players. They, they, they yeah. don't care. Like the 600... Million, let's say it is six hundred million. Yeah. They're paying Ram. That's not. That's a drop in the ocean to the eight hundred billion dollar fund they've yeah. got. And that's when, nothing. And when Cam Smith signed for what was it, one hundred and forty million? One hundred forty million US. We thought that. Oh my gosh, yep. that is massive. Huge. And then you hear six hundred, and then down the track it might be for someone like you know, as an Rory. example. Say Rory. What's well, Rory worth? If, if if John Rahm's worth six hundred, <laughs> Rory will get a billion dollars over four years. Minimum, yeah, minimum. But again. Going on what he said, he. Yep. But then again, going on what a lot of people said. Yeah. What so, about Hideki? Hideki, mm, he'd, he'd be well, he'd he turned be a domino. Four, he turned down four hundred, didn't he? Well, so. they're playing hardball now. Yeah. So Hideki, double it. Yeah. You're going to get eight hundred million. That's if the PGA Tour don't dance. Now, Randall Chambly, I mentioned him at the top. He's at a point now. He was the biggest opponent for this. Yes. But now he's even at a stage. He, he and he would, you know, obviously talk to people in the right situations, Nick. He is now falling on his sword and saying, "Well, we've got to dance." That mm. that's the only way out. Otherwise the game will be not well, not well, destroyed, but it it's going to be, be something we won't enjoy as much. And well, at, at the end of the day, I think the fans correct are going to be the ones that might miss out. One of the challenges is the private equity companies want a return on their investment. Yes. The live guys are I don't think, from what no. I can see, they don't care. They're not after no. a return. No. no, they're just trying to build this brand and and win. Yeah, and and a return on that investment is not what is not what they're after. No, but kind of because the kind of money they're putting in, you can't make that out of golf. No, no, you'll never get that back. No, well, I don't think so. They're talking about you know having teams have this value and that's where they're going to make their money back. But I can't see that happening, especially yeah. when. So to give you an example, the other day and. Live Golf was doing these trades. Did you see the trades that was going on between teams? Basically, I, I, I had a brief. Yeah. I heard Taylor Gooch has been the best player or one of the top two or three best players. Got traded for Matt Wolf, who's been one of the worst players. Yeah. Now, why would you trade your best player for one of the worst? I, that makes absolutely no sense to me. So I don't think they're even caring about what happens in these trades either. So it's baffling. Yeah. Normally, if you're going to send your best, you want... Okay, I know you're giving me something real bad, but how about three or four more that you've got there or, or whatever or cash value yeah. or, or, you know, these sorts of things. That just does not make sense to me. It's, it's a really interesting point you, 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 you bring up, Dan, because 
you know, that's that's they're, they're backpedaling and they're so desperate. They're going after people who might have one billion to spend. That ordinarily that'd be a lot, one billion dollars US, and they've got to, you know, they might have three, they might have three of those investment funds that are willing to spend one billion dollars. It still won't be enough. <laughs> not, not against the South. You're fighting no. someone who's got eight hundred billion dollars. Yeah. It, it, it's not a, it's, like I said. It's, it's not a fair fight. Mm. No, and it's not like they can make it back in merch and stuff. Because you look at look at Otani with what's happening with the Dodgers. I mean, Otani, they're going to they're going to sell a heap of jerseys with with his name on the back of them. Yep. They make a lot. They won't mm. make seven hundred dollars no. back, but they will make a lot back. They'll make a lot back. Yeah. You know, they, but well, they, but, but they won't make big profits. That's a completely different thing. I mean, the the, the Dodgers, for instance, they have like four million dollars in sales in tickets, I believe, every year. Uh, the other thing they have, they have a league with seventy million or eighty million fans. Then they have the TV rights as yeah. well. Mm. So there's all that going and on. Multiple games every week with Live Golf at the moment. There's no TV that I know of. I mean, it's on what is it, seven plus or seven, seven plus something ticket, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but where are they are they generating any revenue or anything from sales? Maybe they are. I don't know. So they'd, they'd be generating some, a little uh, bit. Apparently, Adelaide did quite well. Adelaide made a bit of money, and, and fair enough too. You, I mean, you see, and this year they'll they'll make more money again. <laughs> not as much as Major League Baseball, though. Not as much yeah. as it costs, though. Let me, I, let I reckon me, the build out of Adelaide was a lot more than what they made. Yeah. <laughs> Let me run this past you because I'm really big on the Grand Prix circuit. I, okay. I, I just in the I don't back follow of, it, but yeah. in the back of my mind, that's what I think they have in store for golf. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I like what you just yeah. said. But remember this: remember one of the worst things they've been saying, Greg and everybody at Live. We've all got. We've all laughed at it. We're growing the game of golf. We're growing the game of golf. We're growing the game of golf. Right. It's laughable at the moment. We can't see an end game. If their plan was to have a Grand Prix circuit for golf right from the start, that was their dream, okay? It's not where they started, but their long-term dream was to do it. I can imagine why they're saying we're going to grow the game of golf because they will get a big field in Australia, the best field, a major-style field for the Australian Open. They will get a major style field for the Japan Open. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the long-term 15 or 20-year goal that they had at the very start, and that's where the Grow the Game stuff sort of of came from. Even though they're taking live around the world, they were never really going to grow the game doing that. But if they could have a majors where 15 times a year... The best players on earth play for some really big trophies, famous ones with heritage and um, you know wonderful, wonderful memories of the past and big mm. names. And that that kind of makes sense to me. That that's what they're trying to do. And maybe the only way they can do that is to mortally wound the PGA. Yep. yep. And that's the that's the path they can get through. That's that's what's going on. Mm. That that is what's happening. Do you want to talk about rollback after the break? I'm a little depressed right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. Oh, should have brought a wine in. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on. Let's go. Let's, All right. Let's, let's roll back. You start. Well, what did, what happened? The USGA, RNA announced that they are. Yep, they're going to do it. They're going to do the little uh, rollback of the ball. That's the plan. 2028 for pros. Correct. 2030 for the amateurs. Correct, right. It's a long way off. Long way off. Not sure it's going to make much difference. <laughs> I don't think it'll make a difference to handicaps yeah. around the world. Not much at all. The handicaps, handicap players. So yeah. 
the reason I'm saying that is because they're saying for a good female player, it's going to affect them, was it four to seven yards off the tee? Something that's for, like that's that. for a good female player. Yep. Um, if you're going to watch the females play, they play a hell of a lot better than most club golfers. So if it's four to seven yards, yards, four to seven yards for the best female players in the world, then I think for your average golfer, that means it's going to be two or three yards. Mm. Yeah, so, and handicaps won't change. No, I, I don't think think so. And it's a fair way off, obviously. And oh, awesome. I mean, on social media, depending on what you look at, you can see all the the uproar it's causing in the world of golf. Yes. Oh, it's going to make me not want to play golf anymore. I'm thinking, well, no. uh, come on. I mean, you won't ma- notice a difference. Maybe right? just move forward to see if it's going to make that big a difference. But I, I really don't think it will. The, but the one thing that they're not doing, and I, again, I'm all for bifurcation. I think they should have different equipment for the pros and then let the amateurs go have at it yep. which is fine but they're not changing the forgiveness of the golf club i think they need to do that yep. for the pros again yes. i'm not saying this is for amateurs this is where they need to do the yep. bifurcation i believe so for the um, best pros and the best amateurs yes yeah when you're playing yep. in a scratch event yeah i'm all i'm with you and but you know what because there's a massive divide between tour pros and elite amateurs and the club golfer there yeah. is yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think there was probably a bridge too far for them in one go and sure you've probably seen so i wouldn't be surprised again this is me guessing i wouldn't be surprised if that's in their long-term thinking i would hope so yeah it, it, it's got to be nick i mean honestly but, uh, it, it actually has to be it won't in be their long-term thinking only if they bifurcate because i don't see them doing that like the driver as an example i don't see them doing that for the average golfer out there no, they're no. just going to keep it big for the tour pros, elite amps, they should shrink it down, make it harder, all yep. that sort of stuff. And to like, yeah, late nineties style, that one. You know, the the the, the when when Tiger had the tireless driver mm. with the steel shaft, and Aaron Badley did exactly the same thing. That model of head had just the right size. I mean, it was big, yeah, um, big enough to where you can still have a bit of a whoosh at it. I think if they went back to that, it would be absolutely. Perfect. And there's precedent for this too. If you go back to 1984, the javelin was changed because uh, the throwers of the javelin, these competitive guys, were throwing it too far for the stadium. Out of the stadium, yeah. Yeah. So rather than change the stadium, as in golf course, guess what? They changed the javelin. Yeah, smart. Totally makes sense. Same same with baseball. That's exactly right. You know, no aluminium bats. Just go to the wooden bats. Same sort of thing. A lot of people panicking at the moment. And there's, folks, there's no need to panic. I mean, and there's other issues in the game, which I think maybe they could attend to first. Anchoring, things like that. Yeah. Why don't we make the putter the shortest club in the bag? All yeah. that sort of thing. You know, so. you've been saying that for a long no, time. I certainly and, have. And I think yeah. you're right. I, yeah. think, I think it's pretty easy. <laughs> and if it's not the shortest club in the bag, let's just check the way he putts and get it ticked off. You know, yeah. like, so for instance, if you're Raymond Floyd, Raymond Floyd always had a yeah. really, he a, did 30, a 37 inch putter. Yeah. So that would have been longer than his nine iron, maybe the same length yeah. of his eight iron or his seven iron. But they go, okay. Your putter's not the shortest club in the bag. Show us how you're going to use this, Raymond. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I'm using it like this. And they go, tick. Yep. Raymond, no worries at all. That's easy to do. Okay. That's easy to do. Yeah, solves that. You, I tell you, you should be on all these boards, Mark. You know? <laughs> We've got the commissioner, we've got the RNA, we've yeah, got the yeah. USGA. Yeah, I know. Guys, <laughs> party pies at the door. Let's go. All right. All right. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Like the podcast? Oh, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. You just said something in the break mm. that no one heard, but I want you to say it again, Nick. <laughs> I want you to say it again. It started with where. Uh, where, yeah. Where is it all going to end? No one knows, do mm. we? I don't think we anyone don't. knows. Well, I, I do know this. It'll end when Jay Monaghan's out of the room. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to be happy from either side if he is negotiating on anyone's behalf anymore. I think that's the first step. Is there a trust issue with Jay from the uh, from the players' point of view? Oh, uh, now there is, yeah. No, I, I think when he the went f- behind their backs, yeah, incompetent is the term that keeps on getting bounced around uh, from the players, the ones I watch anyway. Mm. They feel like it, yeah, you know, just the basic: come and talk to us first. Come and talk to us. Don't tell us not to take the money, not to take the money, not to take the money, and then you go and talk to them. And lay this on us. Yeah. And now look, you can't even agree to agree. <laughs> and now Ram's gone. And then, you know, they would be filthy. Yeah. And now every player would see that John Ram's gone and they'd want a bit of that action because they know it will. Anyway. Yeah, it won't be there forever. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. We're on the back nine. Or I've got plenty of feedback, guys. You oh, want to hear some? Yes, please. Yes. That'd be great. Ian Harvey uh, has commented on, uh, obviously, a bit of feedback on, on Ram mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Can't blame him. Anyone would cross the road and swap jobs for 900 mil. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. You are correct. He's absolutely correct. Tim has said, uh, as soon as the PGA did their deal, the whole situation went back to stage one. Good on John Rahm for adapting to the situation. The more I hear him talk, the more I respect him. Really? I say, well, I wish he, he came well, out and said the money was too good to refuse. Yeah. Then I'm on board with John yeah. Rahm. But yeah. this other stuff... It's you know, especially when they show the comments that he used, he was making. You know, would this change my family one bit? And then he came out and said, "Well, I have to think of my family and my future kids." And you're going, "Well, hang on, you just, you just hip, yeah, Yeah, saying the exact opposite." But whatever, it is what it is. And he was adamant about the no cut thing too. He he was adamant when he talked about cuts a while ago. Uh, Sam Aliano has said, uh, "Live Golf is going to bring the big names to play in Australia outside of the President's Cup. Live Golf Adelaide surely will be the best credentialed and most star-studded lineup we've ever had." Yes. Yes, I agree. That is true. Mm-hmm. For for just a random tournament. Yeah. I think President's Cup probably get a bit bigger and better. But just for a tournament, 54 holes if you don't mind, mm. never would we have seen a stronger field in Australia. No. Never. One final comment on that from Go You Good Thing who said, I can't wait to see him at Grange. And uh, yeah, that's probably... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be big. A lot of people... It'll be bigger than last year. Now, on the rollback and the driver changes, Daniel has said this can only be a good thing. Plus, Marco, as you say, make the driver head smaller for the pros. Let the weekend golfer use whatever they want. The driver should be harder for the pros. It used to be a real skill. That's spot on, Daniel. It's exactly what I was saying before. I'll, I'll still take credit for bifurcate. it. Bifurcate. <laughs> yeah, I know. He said, you've, you've been saying I've been saying it all along. Get your facts right, Daniel. No, I'm only kidding, mate. Thanks for listening. And uh, Yes, smaller driver heads would be good. That, although... that, that, that'll be my prediction. 2033 is my prediction. Gian Luca has said, very small price debate. I hopefully see the best courses in the world used for more pro tournaments. Non-elite players will barely notice. Driver heads surely next. Yes. Yeah. I think it. you'll find ball speed will be pretty much exactly the same as it is right now in 2028. Pretty much. Now, here's an interesting one. 
Wayne has said, how about instead of changing the balls, we make the courses tougher for the pros? I don't know how you do that because the, the courses are the courses, right? Yeah, you just make them more boring, which means the rough gets grown at six inches all over the place. I've heard this before in the US. Someone, One of the tour pros on PGA Tour, who was it? Might have been Webb Simpson came out and said, oh, we should just narrow the fairways and grow the rough up. I mean, seriously? That's how he won a US oh, Open, my, by the well, way. Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. That's exactly the style of golf I'd, course I'd, where, I'd he, actually, where he played his best. I'd actually like that as well. But no, <laughs> He would, yeah. You'd be awesome yeah, at it. But I loved US Opens for that for that reason. But no, that is not the answer. That's for sure. No, it's just boring. I, I like seeing the US Open like that once a year because it's, it's something new. Yeah. But not every week. No. No way. Keith Fraser's commented, he reckons you guys missed a big discussion point from the Australian Open. Ooh. He's called it the big question that was not answered by you. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Hoshino used iron covers. He did not. Did he? I didn't see it. That's what he's saying. I didn't see him either, but that's what wow. Keith's saying. Shame on him. That's a disgrace. He's in the Aaron Rye category. No, that's... Aaron big. Rye uses them. I put forward a motion that he never gets invited back to Australia <laughs> while, he, while he's got iron covers. Uh, well, maybe we should fact check that, so just to make sure. Yeah, we're I'll right. have yes. to look that one up. I didn't see it on the coverage. I, right. didn't, I didn't notice it. No. Okay. Uh, I've usually got an eagle eye for that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah, you do. You talk about it a lot. Yeah. John Purcell has said, uh, Nick, the next time you're up here in Fig Tree Root World, you need to recreate that shot you played on seven at Royal Pines when you were stymied by the root of the tree. My eyes are still spinning, and I have no idea how you made that shot. Can you remember the I, shot? I cannot remember the shot. So, I, and I know John too. So, thanks, John, for uh, sending that in. I um, we need to get him to call in next week. Yeah, maybe so he can tell he us can about tell it, us about the shot that you can't remember. I can't remember it. <laughs> Jeez, obviously not that memorable. I, well, I was in there. I, was, I must have had a bad shot before that. I try and forget my bad shots. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a question here from Ross. Now, Ross has said, "Hey guys, I want to ask you about coming down the stretch and having to make a few shots, having to press, as it were, whether it's match play or club championships or just a bit of fun with your mates. How do you approach getting a few back? Do you drive the same?" but fire at the pins, or do you drive and approach the same, but putt more aggressively? Love to hear what you think. It's a good question. It, it, a lot of it depends on what your strengths are, I think. If you're um, if you're a good putter already, I would say hit the ball as you're doing and just be a bit more aggressive with the putting. Um, whereas if you're struggling to hold putts, I would then say try and be a bit more aggressive with your approaches. My old coach, I've told you guys this before, he said if whenever I was struggling with my putting I'd say what should I do and he said well hit him closer so yeah. <laughs> it's pretty no, simple it's, it is simple yeah so I would say it depends on what your strengths are um, but if you're a good uh, iron player go be more aggressive absolutely or if you're a good putter just stay more conservative into the greens and then get more aggressive yeah so you you were a good iron player and I remember you in situations actually firing at pins mm. yeah, and, and hitting the ball close well the other thing that I, in my favour I had a not blowing my own horn, but a really good short game. Yeah. So if I missed a green or I short-sided myself, okay. I could still recover. Now, if you're one of these players that doesn't have a good short game, I would say play to the middle of the green and then get more aggressive with your putting. That's right. So that, yeah. that was me. I, yeah. I never aimed at a flag in my entire professional career if it was tucked. I was always always safe-sided. But, but you're I, the world's best punker player. So Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. But this is what, this is what that's I'm where saying. you went wrong. If you're not the best iron player in the world, I would suggest to go at centre of the yeah. green all the time and cash in on your good putting. For sure. You being the world's best bunker player, yeah. does that mean, like, looking at it from another way, you just hit a lot into bunkers? It's a percentage thing, man. <laughs> percentage. It's not how many you went in, it's how many times you got up and down as a percent. I see. Okay. okay. Boys? Hear the voicemail message? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's go. You have one new voicemail. New message. 
Hi, Nick and Mark. Dave here. Uh, playoff nine. Lucky enough to play at Yarra Yarra and the National. Uh, a couple of questions, if I could. The first um, is in relation to uh, shot visualisation. I think it was Jack Nicholas that was quoted as saying he never hits a bad shot in the movies um, and the importance he placed on visualising shots before before he hits them. Um, keen to get your views on is that uh, something that you do and realistic for club golfers? Um, and the second really relates to swing thoughts. So I know through experience it's not helpful to have your head full of many swing thoughts, but just wondering if you advocate having a, a single swing thought that you think is kind of key to your uh, to your own swing. Uh, thanks again and uh, love your work. Two ripper questions mm, there. Really good. Thanks, yeah, we, Dave. Which one? You, you take one, I'll take the other. Um, the go to the movies question, I love doing that myself where I don't get as detailed as what Jack used to do. Like he was – he would actually see the flight of the ball where it would land and roll out to. I mean, in that case, you're probably going to see every shot go in the hole. Mm. I'm more of a target kind of guy, just seeing my target and reacting to it. So I think that comes down to the individual, what sort of a person you are. If you're a bit more creative and a bit more um, instinctual, then I would say, yeah, go to the movies a bit more, as in really visualize and see the flight of the ball all the way through and experiment with it. Do, do the whole thing, like do the entire flight, what shape you want to hit really get caught up in the detail of where it, where you want it to land and roll out to. And if that doesn't really fit what your personality is, well, then just go, okay, maybe I'll just prime, try more of a, a target. I'll pick that little branch there, and that's my target. I'll really lock in on that and not really worry about the overall picture of the shot. Yeah. So um, you can experiment with that. It really depends on the individual. I reckon that's a great answer. Um, I reckon club golfers, what Nick is talking about is great. But um, the full court press in golf is to visualize the target, yep. lock in on the target, and then do a little bit of visualizing. But in club golf, you do kind of look like a Sherman tanker <laughs> if, if you are putting a, a full court press on all the shots. It doesn't take that long, though. It doesn't take that long. But you can, you know, your playing partners might start sticking it to you. Okay. What, what I would do, um, yeah, you have a bit of a go. If you're playing well, and you really, you know, you want to have 42 points or something and you're halfway there, then maybe the uh, a bit of both mm-hmm. visualisation. I, I, I used to visualise. I, yeah. I used to visualise how my hands would work through the shot. That seemed to nice. ha- had a good effect on me. Not only feel it, but visualise it first. And yeah. that, that seemed to work. And the other one, the swing thoughts. I reckon you get one on the way back and one on the way down. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That That's the that's you, maybe if you're doing something in your setup as well, like flaring out your left foot so you could yeah. follow through or chip better. Mm. So if you've got one in your setup, one in the backswing, one in the downswing, I think that's your glass is full. Yeah. I don't think you need to do much more than that. Yeah. I, I'd try and now, if, I mean, two is fine. I, I always tried to just narrow it down to one. one. Yeah. For me, it was complete the backswing. Very simple. And if I felt like my backswing was good, well, then I might think about, okay, through the ball or something like that if I was struggling and. Uh, with you know hitting through the shot but uh, the other thing I sort of have changed my mindset around is I don't really call it a swing thought anymore I just call it a swing feel nice because that's sort of tapping into more the creative side of your brain if you if you are an analytical person a thought is fine by all means go and think that way but uh, swing feel rather than swing thought just try and uh, maybe work that in there as well you heard it here first folks (laughs) on talk birdie to me the swing feel is now a new thing in golf 
I love it. Is it new? I don't know. I don't no, it so. is. Well, the ter- no, the terminology's new. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, gonna, and I'm going to take full credit for it. So. Well, <laughs> I put it in my new book, you see. Have you? Yeah, because in my first book, I spoke about swing, swing thoughts. And in my latest book, I said uh, in one of the chapters, I said, I've changed my mind on this. I think it's now swing feel rather yeah. than swing thoughts. Yeah, so, I like it. Yeah. A couple of great questions from David there. And people can leave a question for us anytime at talkbirdie20.com.au on the voicemail thing. Righto. Play the music. Now for the Ping Global Results. How good is that music? <laughs> can't not, stop talking about you're it. You're not supposed to talk about it. I know, it. but I can't one. help it. I'm yeah, just like pumped. Fight Club. I want to run through a wall right now. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Where are we starting? Oh, you'll just oh, pick gosh. out the Ping players that well, are on first. That's yeah, what you normally do. Of course. Why not? So predictable. Well, let's let's go to the Q. There was a bunch of Q schools on. Okay, wow. last week when we did the pod, the LPGA Q school hadn't finished. Hmm. Now, they give out 45 cards there. The top 20 are the cards that you really want to get. The top, uh, the bottom 25 don't get that good a status. But top 20 is what you want. And as it turned out, an Australian, Robin Choi, won the LPGA Q Unbelievable. School. How good was that? It was great watching her all last year mm. uh, in the, the, the TPS tournaments. And we were hopeful. But when you go and win a tour school, yeah. that's next level sort of pressure golf. So yeah, she, well done. She had a really good uh, year on the uh, Epsom tour over there, but just missed out on a card. Went to Q school, got it. Also, Hira Naveed, a West Australian, uh, who went to Pepperdine, I believe, in What's the US. What's the name? Hira Naveed. Never heard of her. Really? No. Okay. No, she's been playing Epsom as well. Good on her. And she got the 15th card. So I wow. uh, look forward to seeing both of those on the LPGA tour next year. We that mentioned the Champions Tour where we had Cameron Percy, number one, Michael Wright, number two, Steve Allen tied for third, and apparently Brent David no, Branston. No, no, no. Not apparently, Nick. <laughs> Say it out loud. David Branston won the fifth card in a playoff. Thank you. Congratulations, David. So, And congratulations, Mark. For getting one right. Thank you. Exactly. What about Snake Chalmers? Is he, is, does he get any kind of He'll, tournament play? He is now he eligible to Monday qualify for the Champions oh, Tour. That's so, yeah, that's something. That's something. Yeah. And given how he plays, I'm sure he'll get into a few. And hey, he may do a Steve Elker. That's he right. may do a Steve that's Elker. Right. Now, Live Golf had their Live Promotions tournament going on. They had three stages, 18 holes, and we had 11 Aussies at the start. Um, only a couple advanced through to the second stage, the second 18 holes. As it turned out, Kerry Mountcastle, remember, yeah, he yeah. won the event down here in Australia. New Zealand, um, yep. yep. He won the Gippsland Super 6. Yes, so he shot 64 first round and won, wow. won that stage. Got through with Zach Murray and Carl uh, Yuan. Wow. And then they joined Wade Ormsby and Jed Morgan into the second round because Sweet. those two Five had a bye. Yep. And the only guys to advance through to the final 36 were Yuan, and, sorry, Kevin Yuan, not Carl Yuan, who's yep. your uh, your yes. buddy on the US yes. tour. Yes. Uh, Kevin Yuan and Jed Morgan both got through Good. to the final 20 players. They played 36 holes, and the top three go through. Uh, unfortunately for Yuan and Morgan, they didn't get through, but uh, Kali Samuja, I think that's how you say Samuja. it. Finnish golfer. All right. uh, he booted the last two to finish eight under. Oh. And then three guys tied at seven under. Jinichiro Kazuma. Kieran Vincent, and who's the brother of Scott Vincent, yeah. who's already on the Live Tour, and Laurie Cantor. So was there so a you playoff? Talk of, there was a three-man for two spots in Live. How big a playoff <laughs> is this, by the way? This <laughs> is the biggest playoff of all year, I would think. Yeah, huge. Now, Laurie Cantor, first playoff hole. They play the 18th par five in Abu Dhabi. I've played there. 
All he's got to do is two putt and he's through and no. three putted. Oh, no. Yep. The other guys both made par, so they all went through and again uh, on the second playoff hole. Unfortunately, can't hit in the water. He's out. Oh, you're joking. So it was Samuja, Kazuma, and Vincent are now on the D- on the Live Golf Tour for Three next season. Three more household names go to Live. Exactly. Yeah. So if Cantor had made that and got in, mm-hmm. what would he have been guaranteed earnings-wise? Ooh, Roughly. They got 14 events. Yeah. One point, 120 grand minimum per event. So His last, 1. yeah. 1.6 million-ish, yep. something like so that. I would say he'd probably pick up 2 mil. So At least. US. Yeah. So that one part. Because the team. Yeah. 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 So that three putters cost has... Cost him a couple of million bucks. Cost him a couple yeah. of mil. But it does get him on the Asian Tour International Qualifying oh, Series. <laughs> something. Uh, sorry, oh, Laurie, but God, uh, that was a tough one sick. now. It uh, makes you sick in your stomach I know. that stuff. The other Q School is going to happen this week, the PGA Tour Q School, presented by Corn Ferry. So mm. top five guys get through, uh, get their PGA Tour yeah. cards, which they never used to do. So Cameron we'll keep Percy's an eye out for that going. next I know week. that because I've spoken to him. Well, I wonder why, because yeah, he's playing champions he was, he was booked to go, but he's not uh, going. I thought he might have gone to live or something. No, so no, the no, live no. Q School. Uh, PGA Tour, the Grant Thornton Innovate, Invitational, where we had the mixed format. We spoke about earlier. Jason Day and Lydia Ko won that. Can Interesting I, format, by the way. Yeah. Did you see three the, rounds? Did you see the uh, one of the ways where the, they had to hit hit yeah. each other's drive? I love that. So, so first round was scramble. Yep. So that's the um, yep. Ambrose basically. Yeah. Uh, then they had foursomes alternate, and yep. then the last one was modified four ball. So they both tee off, and then they switch balls and that's play right. the other person's ball out, and best score on the hole. That's a fantastic format. It's a good format. Yeah, I like really that. Good. Something um, different. Lydia Coe carried Jason, by the way. Oh, not surprisingly. Lydia Coe played that well. Really? She played awesome. Oh, Jason brilliant. played well too. I mean, you have to, to win, but Lydia mm. starred. And they'd never met each other before the start of the week. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Good effort. Oh, they're building Australasian relations. Yes. Uh, Tasman relations. <laughs> Tasman relations, sorry. Uh, World Champions Cup, which I'd never heard of, which is the Champions oh, Tour team event. Must be new. Yes. Must was that new. the concession in Bradenton, Florida? Team USA defeated. Team Internationals and Team Europe. Very weird format. I couldn't follow it at I all. But the I captains were Jim Furyk for the USA, Ernie Els for the Internationals, and Darren Clark for Europe. So they had some really good players in there. Team USA won that. How come Greeny didn't get a start? He must have been close to getting a start. He, he might have been playing. I don't know. I didn't really follow it, to be honest. So the, the I just saw the result. I saw were Ernie, Goosen, uh, Steve Elka. Elka was playing, yes. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember any other internationals yeah, that I'm not were sure. playing. I should have oh, done VJ. More, VJ was the other one. Uh, was he? Four. I should have done more research on that, but I didn't. And obviously one of the most important events going on last week was the Cathedral Invitational. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where yes. Adam Scott, he dominated. 12 under par, one by three from Todd Sinnott and Jeffrey Guan, Blake Collier. Good to see him back in form. Shot a second round, I think yes. he shot 65 yes. second round. Yes. Tied for fourth with Cameron Smith. And oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I believe you were in a rules incident. <laughs> did is you that, hear about that? I am. Okay. It filtered back to me. To it where did? Okay. They looked for your ball for three minutes. Three minutes. Ten seconds and after. you said, that's it. It's all done. Then six seconds later, someone found your ball. I found my own ball. <laughs> yep. Found my own ball. I lost four that day. <laughs> I never used to lose four in a year. I lost four in one round. Oh, my God. It was a complete shocker, but not unexpected because uh, I haven't played. So People would have loved seeing you. No, that's it was a lot of fun being out there. They and loved and it. thanks to Paul Marsh, who caddied for me the second day. And I'm sorry I traipsed you all over the countryside. The other thing that happened, 
the first day they had the member pro part of it, which is a football better ball. We had one of the best playoffs there because what we do at Cathedral, whenever there's a playoff, yeah. is you hit from just in front of the clubhouse down to the 18th green, nearest the pin. Oh, nice. Okay, so we had uh, Paul Williams. Paul Williamson with his pro, Nick Flanagan. Yeah. They were in a tie with Matt Yeager and Andrew Dodwell. Right. And funnily enough, I think in the Calcutta, Doddy, as we call him, he might have bought both teams. So Are he was going to win me? no matter what. It didn't really matter. But uh, he's a ripper, Doddy. So in this uh, nearest the pin, uh, Flanagan hits first, hits it to six feet. Beautiful shot down the Can't hill. Lose. It's a little wedge. Uh, unlosable. Paul Williamson, the amateur. No, not hit, an amateur. Hits it to a foot. Oh! <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> and wins it for him. So uh, so they won the member pro. Oh, so well, well done, Paul. That was a brilliant uh, a brilliant one. But Jam TV were out there. They filmed the whole thing. It's going to come out in the next week or so, I Are believe. They? Oh, good. That'll be uh, good. Look, do like a highlights package, something like that. A lot, like a lot that. of people are curious about mm. Cathedral, and this will give you a really good look. So that's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's stunning out there at the moment, that's for sure. Uh, tournament's coming up this week. We've got the Sandbelt Invitational happening as we speak and the PNC Championship, Tiger and Charlie. You'll be happy with that, Mark. That's good, yeah. I do like watching yeah, Charlie Woods play. Yeah, I bet play. you do. Right. So, oh, well, we better have an episode next week just yeah. for the Charlie Woods heroics. I, I think we should. I think we should. So that is the Ping Global Results. Well, just have a quick glass of water or something because it is time for your Top 5. Okay, my top five this week. Because we're getting towards the end of the year, I wasn't sure if this was going to be the last show, but we are going to do one next week, aren't yeah. we? So yeah. my top five, well, I thought... Well, something's going to happen. Yeah, something, so, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen this week, so we've got to come back next week. But thinking about it, I thought, well, what, what's a good top five? And I thought, what about the top five shots of the year? Yes. Top Ooh, five nice. shots of the year. Tough one. As it turned out, yeah. there was too many. So my top five has turned oh, into a top ten. God's sake. Jeez. It's just a one-off, okay? All right, so it's a top ten. It's a top ten, okay? Let's get, I'm just going to wing through them. Number ten, Matt Fitzpatrick in the playoff. Hilton Head against Jordan Spieth. Hits a nine-iron to six inches for 170 metres. How's that Do you remember number that shot? one? Yeah, that's, 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 that's number ten. That's number ten. That's number ten. There's some right. good ones here. Right. Number nine, Tommy Fleetwood driving the green on the 16th hole in the Ryder Cup to basically clinch it over Ricky Fowler yeah, on good. the final day. That was an amazing tee shot in front of all those people. Yep. A lot of pressure. Number eight, Minwoo Lee's nine-nine into the final hole at the Australian good. on Friday out Very of the pine good. straw, 173 metres. What a shot that what was. What a shot. An even better masterclass. Yeah, we did the masterclass. Yeah, yeah. Even better. That's number eight. Number seven. Well, sticking with the Australian Open, Joaquin Neiman's wedge on the second playoff hole. What a shot that was Ridiculous. to five feet. I thought yeah. that was one of the shots of the year. Drive a wedge. Drive a wedge to the 18th. into a par five. Yeah, Do you okay. think they need to dial it back yeah, a bit? I think, I think rollbacks <laughs> should come a little faster. Yeah. Number six, uh, US Open. On the Sunday, Wyndham Clark's three would into the 14th. I ah. don't know if you remember that shot. Yeah, that was rip. basically clinched the tournament for him. What an amazing shot that was. Number five, I think you uh, mentioned this one last week in your playoffs. Mm. Nick Taylor, Canadian Open. The long putt? The 72-footer. Yeah, good. To break a 69-year drought for Canadians. I'm over glad Tom, you got a putt in there. Over Tommy Fleetwood. Because they're very important they putts. They are. Yep. Number four, Victor Hobland's chip shot on the first hole of the Ryder Cup with Ludwig Aberg. Oh, that one they curled around. Was a really, he was off the tight yep. line. We'd just been talking about his chipping. That was such a hard shot under massive amounts of pressure, and that just set the tone. They were playing Max Homer and Brian Harmon at Marco Simone. I love that shot. That's my number four. But, by the way, can I just interject? Yeah. If I'm Liv and I really want to upset the apple cart, oh, yeah. Victor Hovland 
is getting the phone call. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. continue. Four or five hundred mil. Yeah. Maybe. Number three. One of the greatest shots of the year, which unfortunately didn't win him He's the number tournament. Number three. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Bobby McIntyre, final three-wood into the Scottish Open 18th hole. Oh, Do you remember that yes. three-wood that he cut into the wind? Yeah. Unbelievable. That, oh, it was over. It was. He, he thought he'd won the Scottish he Open. Thought he'd won he it. thought he'd won. Number two. Rory from Rory, the same Rory, tournament. Rory, the, the, <laughs> the two-iron final final shot in. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the, uh, yeah. the, the footage of that shot is just so cool. You watch that on uh, repeat. Yeah. And we both agree the putty hit, he didn't think was going in. He didn't in. think it was he going was, in. Yeah, he didn't but the two-iron was, was one of the best shots yep. of the year. Number one, well, it's hard to go past this lady, Carlotta Segunda yeah. at the Solheim Cup. Hit the shot into 17 to two feet in front of her entire country yep. her nation in yes. front of all the europeans to birdie the hole to retain the cup for europe so that is my number one i think i would have moved number nine to number 10 and number 10 to number nine but that's <laughs> the it bottom two okay. the bottom two i would have moved ah uh, fair enough anyway that's my top 10 shots of the year Righto, time for this week's Masterclass. I've watched a lot of golf this year, Stacks, and I've actually played with a lot of hacks as well. So I've watched Stacks and I've played with hacks. hacks. You're getting good at this. You hear the term stay down in golf way too often. But if you are not such a good golfer, there is one place where you should stay down, and that is the, the very start of your backswing. Not at the hitting area, but at the start of your backswing. I see way too many players who aren't flexible, who just jump up and off the ball to try and get the club started. And then that you are just chasing your tail from that point forward. Next time you're watching golf, I want to watch. keep an eye on just the very start of their golf swing and watch their heads. Nobody's head comes up when they start a backswing. They all actually turn and stay down. So if you are a player trying to make sure that you're doing everything right, here's one for you. Stay down when you take the club away. It'll force you to turn, and then you can do all those fancy stuff things on the way through where you're stamping your feet and using the ground or whatever they talk about these days. But if you start your swing by starting by coming up, mm -hmm. good night, nurse. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. The good, one thing I would night, say nurse. to that, yes, the only thing I'm going to say, Mark, please here, please is before you take the club away, just lift your chin up a little. Yeah, I don't mind because that. Because that'll just allow your shoulders to be able to turn. Because one thing I do see, you always hear, oh, keep your head down, keep your head yeah, down. The chin so goes what, down. Chin goes down, and then they just lift the club up with their arms, they don't turn. So chin up. I'm glad is, you piped up. Is a really good thing to do. I'm so. glad you piped up. Yeah. It, it does a couple of things. Yeah, it really does. And it, it, it actually gets you looking down through the bottom of your eyes a little That's bit, true. which is where you should be doing it as well. So less so. Pl less playing with hacks by the sounds. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> You're playing stacks, play less with hacks. Is that right? <laughs> well, we're just trying to make the world go round here. Dude. Good on you, Mark. Um, we'll see you next week because right. we know something in the world of golf is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new gear, Ping is absolute top class. Ping help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, who beat everyone's prices. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Got a favour to ask? Wherever you listen, if you get a chance to rate and review the pod, that would be fantastic. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. 
Talk Beatty's and his executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design is by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Listening to your top 10, I know one bloke or lady who's not going to make it and that is the person who at 7am this morning hit a golf ball on the fourth of Box Hill, oh. onto my roof. Really? <laughs> really? How the hell do you do that? <laughs> on your roof. Onto my roof. Must have been in the front bunker because <laughs> you're on the par three, right? The, uh, four. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, you're on the fourth hole. Maybe thinned one out of the front bunker. Did it crack I, a tile? Because you got a net to go over. Yeah, there's a net to go over. How do you get net? over the net? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know how you hit a ball that badly that it goes over the net no, onto the roof. No, it's from a bunker for sure. Got to be. And uh, if we're doing stay down, please. In a bunker, that's the other That's the other place where you can stay down. Stay down in the bunkers. For sure. See you next week. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.